0: Hello and welcome to the Game Week 7 Net That Hall Wild Card Looming Special. I'm FPL Nima, of course, and I'm back and joined by FPL Mariner and FPL Lens. We're going to look at some matchups today FDRs, Captaincy Metric, NetXG, and another philosophy of the week from Gabriel. So, really looking forward to the early stream this week and uh, netting some halls next week because I don't think low 40s counts as a hall for me last week. Don't know how you guys got on, though. It's a hall compared to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's a mega haul compared to me <laughs> so, we're not here to talk about last week though are we
0: <laughs> no we'll definitely be going on to next week um if eventually i make it into a five digit rank i might put the ors back in my name on the stream but until then i will ride
2: off former glories uh, it, yeah don't do it at the moment i, I mean look it's only game week it's only game week 6 just gone game week 7 coming so let's not panic i've i've seen a lot of people saying oh my season's over my season's over i'm doing rubbish blah 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 you know what's this what's the stat we always say finishing the top percent every every uh, top sorry top 10% every game week you'll be right up there at the end of the season you don't need to you know even top 25% you'll be right up there won't you
0: You've just got. Yeah, to be I think top one million game week rank. Um, yeah. If you're getting a one million game week rank every week, 38 weeks of a season, you're, you're probably going to
2: finish in the top 10k. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, so do you do yeah, that? I wouldn't panic. Is, like is a the game uh,
1: week rank it. of about eight million? So like um. So <laughs> there goes that plan out the window. Get one million rank every
2: game
0: week. Okay. What's plan a, B? Yeah, so now you need to use a chip <laughs> and get a sub 100k game week rank to make up for mm. it. That's all right. That's, though, that's, that's yeah. how you balance it. I have, a,
1: I have a feeling we're teasing a little bit where we're getting here with that uh, with that chip talk there, Nima.
0: Yeah, I feel like some people have moved quite early. In fact, um, mm-hmm. I saw people popping it last week, this week. Um, it's a record low for wild cards active. It was something like 14 or 15% before last week. So I haven't checked what it is now, but we haven't really even hit 20%. And by this point in the season, that's very rare. So I feel people are itching now. They all feel like they have the same team. So... It'll be interesting to see if people are moving off proven assets that are going to haul City for the next four weeks just to Mm. target fixtures from the likes of Bournemouth. Um,
2: But we'll we'll see. Bournemouth. Anyway, enough said about that. You you know, my closet, Forest Allegiance. I'm not impressed with that either. (laughs) (laughs) You
0: know, they had their good game. Uh, Neko Williams got his four-pointer because he conceded three goals.
2: (laughs) Thank,
1: Thank God! <laughs> Lost a fucking Bournemouth. Stay in the closet, Mariner.
0: Oh dear! It's <laughs> this is, this is a tough time. How's Grimsby doing? Are they doing any better?
2: Oh yeah, Grimsby doing really well. They're about what ninth in the league with a game in hand.
1: that's all that matters. All right, Grimsby. That's yeah, exactly. It. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. yeah.
2: No problem. Anyway, I'll be able to gloat about that to any anyone who follows a League Two side at meets on Saturday. Yeah, anybody...
0: so you're going to be in That's London. If anybody
2: which is... follows a League Two side, of course.
0: <laughs> I think there's a few Millwall fans, but I don't think they'd be impressed me League calling Two. them League Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to uh, Donna and Johnny, but um yeah, so Johnny's actually on Twitter. He's FPL soggy biscuit. So you meet some really interesting people at these meets. Um, there's FPL sponge coming as well. He normally pins a sponge to his shirt. So it's difficult to kind of associate people's names with their fpl twitter handle when you meet them i saw in the community recently there was an fpl um, radiator and he got a lot of stick for his choice of name but felt thought it was unfair if you choose to identify as a radiator so be it all are welcome in this fpl
1: community i just followed fpl radiator today i saw, I saw that handle and i was like you know <laughs> i respect this handle you know it's funny like our real names are these are these are names that we didn't choose for ourselves but our twitter handles we kind of chose for ourselves so you you learn something about somebody. There's somebody to choose Radiator. I don't really know what the lesson is there, but there is a lesson somewhere.
2: I give up. Enough of this frivolity. Should we get on? <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. So, as the views have slowly snuck in, now we're on double digits live. Um, we'll give a quick shout out and thank you to all the haulers and super haulers for supporting the channel. So, we have our super haulers, William Frick, Daddy Bot, Greenback Golf, Sarah Gatsby, and FPL Robbie. Thank you for all the support, guys. And then our haulers. We've got a few new ones this week, so Akshay has signed up, and we've got Dom Black Dragon as well. Good to see you, mate. And then everyone else, we've got about 32 haulers now. So very exciting. Next milestone, hopefully 50. Um, So we've got FPL DG Boy, Lindsay, Vindra Raj, FPL Casuals, Tom, Tursk, Stuart Fletcher, Kieran Turner. I always get stuck on this one. Um, I always think it's just your own account. A membership, but it's actually your son, isn't it?
2: That's right, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's supporting
0: he just, his dad, which is great.
2: That, that's that's the jibe, but just stop panicking about FPL, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go. Quick, we'll wrap these guys Mr. Twister, Blonde, uh, Scott is M, Fire Tog, FPL teacher Lucy, and our friend Robert Ducky, Squeak Squeak, Oscar Arias, Stoney FPL, FPL Mike Alpin, Schronberg, Jack Daglish, Leash, Podner, fpl Craig, and Dread. So, evening everyone. Morning if you're wherever Mariner is, and a few people in the chat just to say hi to as well. So, Cohen was here first. Good to see you, mate. FBL pharmacist. John Mike Halpin. Val uberjaka Hope I said that right. Good to see you, mate. Gary Warwood. Dom is here as well. Absurdologist. S Scotters. Ram and Nathan. So big turnout tonight. Um, Oz Sharks. Homeless guy. This. this picture like i can't remember where it's from but i i love this uh, avatar like it reminds me of a show i used to watch but for, for the life of me i can't place it so do, do say in the chat and um yeah akshay as well so good to see everyone um if you do want to support the channel you can become a youtube member and join the discord where mariner releases some of his data in a in advance and then also you've got all the matchup reports scouting reports and as of today they're headed Data as well, which we'll be seeing in the show after a long time. So is that the potato salad yeah, uh, segment?
2: Potato salad lovers everywhere. Yeah, Suchek watch. That's <laughs> what. It was. That's what we started it off as. I've given up with that because he he doesn't score headers anymore. He used to.
0: I think it should be um, Gabriel Magleish watch um, with his five goals well season. It could
2: well be. He might come up. In, he might come up in discussions. Well, I'm
0: considering <laughs> selling him, so it'd be good to see some of that data. Um, I'll let you do the mini league update. Uh, Oh no, no, not this week before Everton—that's no. for sure. But no. maybe
2: <laughs> I see right. Shroot Farms is still number one, right? Or no yes. movement there? Yeah, Shroot Farms still number one, uh, ranked sixteen point seven k, very good. Uh, Harland captains pretty much all the way down, apart from James Stevens in eighth, who who went with Kane. Uh, brave, but nothing wrong with it. It was he topped the metric, didn't he last week? So yeah, so we've got uh. Troop Farms number one, Vibav. Uh broke back Mountain Mount 10 with Dan at the FPL Way in second. Justin Bowler in third with one X question mark. Uh is upgrades fourth. Paul Clark, and I'll just do it fifth. The Cafu Fighters, Craig Richards, who has played his bench boost and wildcard already. And the only other wild card, and you mentioned about wildcards, Nima, the only other wild card I can see here is Hatem Kitana. Te- in equal ninth who played his wild card in game week three as well so yeah no longer being completely swamped by chips at the top of the mini league um i would like to say i'm coming to challenge you all but i'm not sure i am Dan, you, beat, you beat me to it i was just
0: waiting to get in and say it's so refreshing to not see you in the screenshot every <laughs> <laughs> but, but you already have aspirations of getting back in fuck my life um well, it's going to be my job this season to prevent you putting a downer on my best season in nine years by
2: beating me anyway last year. So I'm going to try and put that right this season. I always said it would be, I always said to try and reproduce what I did last season, and I think for you as well to try and reproduce what you did last season is super tough, you know. And there's ten million bloody players.
1: But but I think I mean, that's why that's why Nima's so bitter is that it's it's so difficult to reproduce his best ever season like that. Yeah and that even when he did it, he couldn't beat you, Mary. He couldn't be top <laughs> of the net at all. So how many more seasons is it gonna season. take? Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. Like how many, like it could take another nine years to be in that 1k territory. <laughs> right. Like this was it's a right, like like Haley, last season was like your Haley's opportunity. But <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, this,
2: laughs> well, what I did you, notice. So gone. I was going to say, this is where we need a philosophy quote, Gabe, about Nima being pissed off about the fact that he's never, ever <laughs> going <be laughs> to well, be.
1: Well, maybe, maybe this week's philosophy will help help Nima feel a little better. It comes to us from Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He was, he was uh, an American essayist and, uh, and philosopher. And he says, all life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. So, Nima, even if you don't catch Mariner ever – you know, or maybe, you'll, you know what, I, I life is also with a sense of irony. So you'll probably catch Mariner, a season where you both just do terribly, where everything goes wrong and you're like 2 million, but you beat Mariner, he's like 2.1 million or something like that. That's when you'll beat him.
0: But I need to beat his previous score. I'm not even interested in beating him in a given season. Um, I just want to beat his personal best. Oh, all best. time. You want yeah, time? So, so that feels like it's like another decade in the works. Like It's going to be a painful well, and long but... journey with a lot of experiments.
1: If each game week is a micro experiment and each season is an experiment, you know, keep racking those up, and eventually it'll—it's bound to happen.
2: Well, well, last 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 game week was a micro experiment on trying to uh, get your players to score points when you have an awful feeling that they will not. I re- I recall tweeting saying, "Never fear, don't worry, Harland will get a hat trick. We'll all be fine." Then I looked at the EO, 180 percent. I thought, "Oh shit."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I'll still be fucked.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then Arsenal go and bloody cock it all up as well, near enough we we can't talk about Arsenal. Did you bench but, any
0: yeah. of them? I know a few who benched like uh, Martinelli and stuff. Did did you play all of your
2: Arsenal assets? Yeah, of course. Well, oh, actually, know. I played Gabrielle by mistake because I never <laughs> saved the team, but there we go. There's another amateurish amateurism mm-hmm. by Mariner this year. Um, it would have get, I would have gained the grand total of one more point. So it didn't matter in the bigger scheme of things. But yeah, there we go. Oh, a life's an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Mm, I'm not sure oh, that applies do. to FPL. Not the way I play it anyway.
1: <laughs> Maybe it gets worse after, after yes. that <laughs> season, certainly. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're going
0: okay. to recreate shall, that.
2: Shall we dive into the matchups? So we're going Let's to do go something a little it. bit yeah. We've you've been working on the uh, formats again, Gabe. A little birdie yeah. tells me you're working on them even more in the background, and uh, hopefully the uh, things will. Things will change with respect to the graphics before too long, but we're getting there, aren't we? It's we are, we are.
1: getting. Yeah, we're, we're we are getting there. I think, and you know, first of all, shout out to. The, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to to the whole team here, and I know uh, we're only 12 minutes in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this quickly. But I do have to shout Mariner. I have to shout you out for for just like laying laying your your metrics out the way you did. That was super helpful. And I want to shout out um, uh, FPL teacher, Lucian, our, our friend. He's at, F, at teacher underscore FPL on Twitter. Find him. He's got great articles, great pods, great threads. And he writes these eye test analyses on our Discord channel. If you become a member, you'll, you'll get access to these analyses. So, so you, you can come check those out. And I use those uh, for the tactical focus of, of many of these slides. Not all of them because, I, well, he, there wasn't time to update them. He's sick as well, so um, but in a lot of them. So I, I'm really appreciative of the, the his contributions.
2: Yeah, I mean, we are having a bit of a chat with uh, Lucian to see if we can uh, get him involved a little bit more with, with the show, aren't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Which would be great if we could. One little snippet I want to share with you all is I had a chat with Lucien at the weekend and he said, Chris, he said, the only time I can do all these eye tests is two 30 every morning. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So he's
2: even madder than I am. Perfect for net that hole.
1: I mean, th- this guy's, this guy's committed to 380 pods this season. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely mad.
0: <laughs> I think it's worth noting at this point, as absurdologist says. um, you say you don't experiment, Mariner, but all your FDRs are an experiment. Um, mm. So it sounds like you are the mad scientist, um, and as is Lucian. By well, the looks of that's my background.
2: That's my background, right?
1: You're you're the OG mad scientist. Uh, I've been known
2: to experiment with with uh, empty bottles of Coca-Cola, dry ice, and water. If anybody, <laughs> don't don't try that at home. By the way,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just relieved you said Coca-Cola. <laughs> Um, so that's that's good. So it's already here's two minutes of the Fulham Chelsea matchup, and I haven't even said the teams. So I'm gonna get into it now. Um, Fulham Chelsea, this was a really interesting uh research little research project because when I was going through their creativity stats in terms of big chances and zonal matchups and um chances and chances conceded. Everything lined up, they were almost exactly the same. This season, it, it's hard to um, conceptualize, but Chelsea and, and Fulham are, are quite similar from a statistical perspective, from a raw statistical perspective. Now, we did, and uh, NetXG kind of uh, reflects that with a 1.11 for Chelsea and 1.14 for Fulham. Now, um, Marina, your FDR does not reflect that it sees things a little bit differently, obviously, with um. I don't know if you're maybe still using historic data where NetXG has stopped using historic data. Is that probably what it is?
2: Uh, Well, Fulham is not taking any historic data now. That's now actually live. That's actually season test. All the promoted Mm -hmm. teams now on the fixed difficulty are now actual fixed difficulties, not partly not diluted. So that's Mm -hmm. as it is. Um, Obviously, the other thing that the fixed difficulty does compared to yours is it takes into account home and away. So you have to think about that uh, as well. Mm -hmm. So it's probably, you know, although saying that, you know, it still likes Chelsea, right, which is surprising. Surprising it likes them uh, so much. Uh, but, but yeah, I think it, it's probably due to just the fact that, you know, it's just data variants. We're looking at just slightly different data sets, I would guess. That's
1: mm.
2: where I would probably come from. Because we both look at big chances, right? We both take yeah. that into account.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder, like, so Nima's perspective from maybe like not behind the data perspective where you're just thinking about, about the teams and, and and what you've seen, do you do you still regard Chelsea as that much superior to, to Fulham uh, because of the pedigree?
0: Not in this matchup. Um, with it being a London derby as well, I, I have really high hopes. I think Chelsea fans themselves are starting to Look a bit timid and scared on the timeline. Um, I see a few of them saying, Oh, Fulham are gonna beat us. So, like, you, you don't expect Chelsea fans who are so, you know, like in love with their team to be fearful days in advance. Um, so, I think today's Champions League game to timestamp the episode gives a bit of context. Like, mm. you know, I bought in um Chilwell when I saw he was starting into my fantasy team for UCL and instantly their clean sheet was wiped, and they didn't really go on to do much the rest of the game. Um, and it wasn't like in the past where they've struggled to just create, but the defence was solid. The defence didn't look all that either. So I do think um, we said in the preseason that they do fine against Everton in game week one, and then it might take a few weeks for them all to gel together as new signings. So I think that's kind of my perspective, whereas Fulham are a team that came up together and went through promotion and had a record-breaking season. and um, They're back in the prem with fans. Um they replaced Cavallo with Andreas, but like generally, you know, Mitrovic, the star man's there. Like if Chelsea is kind of like they brought in a bomb yank. He, he started tonight with the mask on, got subbed quite early. I think sub 60 minutes, didn't really do much either. Um, I thought Chilwell would be good for Sterling, not much happened there. Chilwell got subbed, the cucorella looked okay. Like, I think the only positive I'd say about Chelsea at the moment is that in the long FDRs, when you look at them in a the moment, I guess they are quite good still. But I just feel like that kind of territory of double defense is long gone from my perspective. And um, like, I, if I had Cucurella and James, I wouldn't want to be holding on to Cucurella personally. And if I didn't have any of them, I'd question whether I would even go there right now. Like, maybe on game week nine, wild card, you could look to go there and skip that Liverpool fixture in between. But yeah, Chelsea, I just feel really off on. And like, honestly, they look horrible today in that Champions League tie. And, you know, this wasn't like some massive team, um, they, they struggled last weekend too. Obviously, when um, I am going to go into VAR controversies, but, you know, Mendy got fouled apparently um, in the build-up to the call from where Sam and, you know, I think they're, they're kind of scraping by, like, is what I'm getting at. Like, I, I don't feel like they're a team I would invest in. And here it says they're attacking FDR's 2.5. Um, I, I honestly feel like Sterling looks great so far. I don't know what Obba's introduction will do for him if Oba starts more. And I, I just honestly feel like the team's losing identity, like, I believe if it carries on like this, they give it two, three really bad losses in a row. You're going to start hearing like stuff about like, oh, is Tuchel going to be sacked, even though that shouldn't be like the antidote. But honestly, it just feels like, I don't know, Chelsea fans can maybe put me right and steer me the right direction. But I'd love to know what you guys are feeling because, you know, it's a record summer, nearly 300 million pounds spent and still seeing no clean sheets. So from my perspective, that's like a get off the double defense, not really interested in the attack. It's a very long story, but I, think, I just feel like I, I, I had a lot to say about this. Like I, 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 I need... think
1: I, th- I think Conte needs to get healthy and and playing well. It, it is interesting though, like you mentioned, Nima, that the two point five FDR for attack for for Chelsea according to Mariners FDR, whereas NetXG is just using data from this season now, um, and and it actually likes Fulham. I mean, it's three points higher when you look at the percentages based on the shots model. It doesn't it doesn't correlate there, but still they're they're almost equal. Um, just from a tactical perspective, I'll say um, Chelsea has a, an advantage down the middle against Fulham. Um, Fulham conceded forty-five percent of their chances from the center of the field. So, who knows? If if Aubameyang comes in right now, and and I see Aubameyang and Sterling kind of doing like an interchange between the that nine position and then the the left wing, the the eleven position as well, like because they both like to drift into the they they both like to play the left and play the nine. So I th- I think there will be an interchange there that. Could be interesting down the road, and then the the zonals kind of like um they support that perspective that perhaps this is the week that we see something happen for in the center for Chelsea. But but I'm with you guys. But I wouldn't go there. One thing I will say is is James is still an absolute must for me, uh, especially now with the signing of Fofana. I, I think it nails him at the wingback position, and he has that mega haul potential kind of every single every single game week, regardless of matchup. So. Uh I, I would I would say James is, is would be more nailed for me in a wild card than Cancelo at this point.
0: So how yeah. do you feel about a cheeky Chilwell punt then? Because he's gone down in price. He looks like a striker every time he kicks the ball. So he's he's definitely more of a finisher than nearly anyone in that entire Chelsea team. Um, and he always seems to find himself like you know, he came on as a sub midweek, got an attacking return. So it's like it's, he, he it's too He soon. just can't, he's inevitable, I feel
1: it's it's it, I, for me it's too soon because we, we don't his he's clearly not healthy otherwise he he'd be playing he'd be starting at least every once in a while I, I think he's a he's a wait and see and as soon as he maybe shows some fitness or we get some signs of confidence from the from the manager then then i agree with you because he just he just gets he's just always around the box and he is a much better finisher than many of the other players
2: in many positions on the team Maybe very, too, yes. yeah. <laughs> just very quickly, guys, before we just jump on to the next one, i just looked at the fixture difficulty, the most recent fixture difficulties for these two whilst you were chit-chatting. Um, and as much as anything, it's the fact that Fulham have conceded a load of chances at home. That's probably even a lag over lag from the Liverpool game, the very first game of the season. So uh, their fixture difficulty, if you just looked at it in isolation, for defence at home is 5.5, so that's pretty poor. So if you look at it like that, then you think, well, okay, um, that's probably why it's a positive matchup. But then you look at Chelsea's, and then their, their fixed difficulty for attack away is also not good. So that's actually four. So instead of 2.5, it's 1.5. So if you were looking at it right sense. now, it's a little bit narrower. So there we go. That's the mm. clarification.
1: Context. Yes. It's good context.
2: Yes. So, okay, next one. Bournemouth, Brighton.
1: Bournemouth Brighton, um, I mean, no surprise here. Heavy favorites for for Brighton. One point nine two net XG uh, compared to one point zero seven. Um, the FDR here, Marina, your your FDR actually likes Brighton's uh, defense. Actually sees the attack as neutral. I'm assuming it's because of Bournemouth at home. They had that. They had that the first game of the season where they allowed no chances <laughs> or something. So that's still kind of skewing the data. On that front, I, I do like Brighton's attack here as well. I'm sure you do, and and the, and the defense is is obvious. It um it kind of picks itself for for Bournemouth here. One thing I'll say is that Salanki Salanki has been introduced, and and I think he kind of changes Bournemouth a little bit. Um, he generated a lot of chances for himself, and and in an otherwise static four two three one, I think that's gonna that's gonna serve Bournemouth like uh, it's it, it's gonna serve them well because. It, there's not much many other places that could destabilize the, the opposing defenses. Um, Billings introduction also allowed Bournemouth to connect the lines better. So, so they're able to progress the ball forward to Solanke. So it's two really, it's just two players, but they, they play key roles that could kind of change Bournemouth's attack a little bit. I hope it changes Bournemouth's attack a little bit um, because it's just boring when a, when you have a team like Norwich or something like that, you just know that they're not going to score every week. Um, from Brighton's perspective, I expect them to be in a back three to counter uh, Solanke, the, the lone striker. So we'll put him in a back three. And then they'll, they'll probably play that three box three system that, that Potter has. Um, so it's, it's like a three four
2: three because uh, Bournemouth will be in a back four. Gabe, uh, left-hand side for Brighton. I want to focus on that uh, 4.1 on the zonals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I also want to show you is the headed matchup. So the first time that I headed matchups, oh look who's there! There's no there's, 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 there's for you gave just just to, <laughs> just to brighten your day. Dale. Oh, anyway, was, we will talk are about. Are we him. going
1: there right now? No, we won't We're talk about him right
2: yet. No, okay. uh, Brighton against Bournemouth on the headed matchups is three. So that's when you again just to confirm what the headed matchups are. That's basically headers created against headers conceded and averaged. Hmm. Okay, so that's three there. Um, that's pretty good. So then, when we when we then look at um, who actually is getting the headers, Webster and Welbeck, and who is crossing, Gross, and mm-hmm. then Trossad. Gross three times as many crosses, I think it was, as Trossard.
1: Mm-hmm. He's further. He's further forward, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and what what I will say about Brighton is most of their. I doubt many of their headed chances come from uh, from open play. Most of them are probably from set pieces and corners and stuff like that where they can get those taller players like Webster uh, into the box. I don't know. I'm surprised that Dunk doesn't appear in that. in, in yeah, that
0: Yeah, so tell- they've been targeting Webster more than Dunk from what I've been watching recently. Hmm. So Dunk just doesn't seem to be the target anymore. And Webster seems to be like the main goal threat from these set pieces. Hmm. So I think, yeah, anyone who went for Webster not only dodged the minus one from Dunk's own goal, but they probably ended up with a pretty exciting asset with the headed uh, stats that we've seen for the long term.
1: Nice. Also, that's a nice that's a nice tip for those those on wildcard or thinking about wildcard. And and maybe you're you're thinking of um, going, I don't know, Pope and goal, and but you do want some Brighton defensive coverage. Maybe it's not Dunk
0: anymore, maybe Webster yeah. would Possibly be. Epic. Very true
2: very true indeed. Good and he's obviously more
0: nailed on, right? So there is the more exciting s pick, but it's yeah. like, he, he 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 was a bit of a knock, I think. Um, he's not guaranteed to play, and he does get subbed early, so he, he's obviously just very lively, though. So and his, his
1: and
2: it's exciting. And his
1: career has more yellow cards and attacking returns, so... <laughs>
2: It's always a good one. I, to love I love. I love it when you go into statistics with a sense of sarcasm. <laughs> really, my, my favorite part of this show.
1: Hey, throw throw me a South American, and I'll have a sarcastic stat. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got the walking hat trick. We've got the walking yellow card as well. Um, Leicester against Villa, guys.
1: Leicester against Villa. NetXG says Aston Villa 1.26, Leicester 1.31. So quite even here. I mean. NetXG is basically nailing a, <laughs> nailing a, a, a draw. Um, pick, pick your score, most likely 1-1 here. Um, your your uh, FDR Mariner likes um, Leicester a little bit more. Even, even likes their defense at 1.2 slightly, which, which I found uh, really interesting. And then, and then from a zonal perspective, Leicester's central matchup looks nice, but everything else just looks bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't, I don't think we need to spend an awful lot of time on this right now. Um, I mean, Leicester are not, in my thoughts, uh, the only players backing... What do well, you mean? People I, are selling like Salah and Diaz to
0: buy Madison.
2: Yeah, not now. That's true. Not now. <laughs> uh,
0: they're literally wildcarding
2: into Madison from Liverpool yeah. and yeah, from Arsenal true. assets. I mean, Madison has appeared in one of my drafts, because I think their fixtures do turn a little bit. But we've got a couple more weeks to look at Leicester before, time we, to yeah, before we before yeah. we get there, I saw there was some fake account tweeted that Rogers had got the sack. For a minute, I thought that everything was going to change, but he's still there. Uh, you
0: know, you know what? By the way, that was just Boona on Twitter posing as masquerading guys. <laughs> sports. A few hundred or thousand people got caught by it. I saw some fan <laughs> accounts quote tweeting it like, "Oh, it was about time." What are we going to do next with the club? And <laughs> let, let no one told them what had happened. But um, I just thought i I'll, I'll dig into you, Gabe, with absurdologists, which. He he gives a counter quote, a stat to your stat, which is oh. that most fullbacks have more yellow cards than attacking returns. So not just <laughs> my boy Estupinan, but all of them.
1: <laughs> that that that's true. But we're we're talking about attacking fullbacks here. But but that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you got you got caught you there. Can, you got, got caught
1: there. You, you know you can count on Zach to bring to bring the the logic.
0: <laughs> so I call that getting You're caught awkward. in the crossfire, the stray bullet.
1: Oh, that was not stray. That was very much targeted by our friend, Zach.
2: And... <laughs> so, the the... so the moral of the story, boys, at the moment, Les doesn't know it's not a great yeah. week to jump on Madison. And, you know, Leon Bailey made it back into one of my wildcard drafts and so crying out loud, boys. I mean, I'm buying
0: it's... him next week. Yeah, oh, for sure. Leon Bailey man. back in. I'm I'm buying him for is it four point seven million? What a bargain. He can partner Andreas pick. on my bench. Um I'm gonna get him for maybe Diaz or one of those guys and upgrade Archer, my third striker, to like Mitrovic or yeah. get get a third striker out of that slot. Yeah. I I well, I, 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 I think
1: I think the thing is Bailey's predictable. Well, is he and then it's a it's well healthy he's he's predictable because Jared will play him right um against the back four he's not going to play bailey against the back three because then they'll play with a front two and not a front three bailey will play when they play a front three so it's really every time they face a back four play bailey he's a he's a good player and he's 4.7 million I, I, the
2: bargains so you need to do you need yeah, to tweet them. every every time you think it's a 4-4-2 gabe you need to tweet it play yes, bailey he's
0: <laughs> starting no i think i think people just need to let go of a previous trauma it's like a yeah. important part of fpl like sometimes we hold on to things from prior seasons other times like this time people who had bailey in game Week one they're going to be far more averse to him than say someone like me who didn't own him and I'm like, I'm going to be a new owner. I've still got the optimism that they had in preseason.
2: I feel it, like at that price, it's just it's rude not to. It, it doesn't last. But what I would say <laughs> is that he is a very, very good uh, bench option at 4.7 million for anyone who is wildcarding. Definitely. What do you think
0: about So, what do you think if you had your 11th player has, has to be tweaked between one of Andreas, Bailey, or Neko? And then that way you have free premiums.
2: Uh, Andreas, look, I mean, he's heavily involved. I was going to cover we'll cover Fulham a bit later, but I mean, you know, he's heavily involved in most things that Mitrovic, well, so that Mitrovic does, although teacher did point out they haven't actually, I don't think, they've not combined yet. I think they've combined once, maybe. From a, they
0: did far. it in pre-season as well, yeah,
2: from a quarter. Yeah, uh, I mean, the point I would say is that that's only a matter of time, I think, before that happens. So I I like the look of Andreas, I really do. Uh, much more over Necco actually. Necco's only a home option for me. Andreas might only be a home option. So if you can find a rotation, then but I haven't. Looked. Leon Bailey, your back, baby. But Leon Bailey as is. well. You know, you've got to you've got then you've got to think about Gabe tweeting out when it's four four two because I ain't got a bloody clue what the other teams are doing half the time. So <laughs> you have to rely <laughs> well, on the coach to tell us.
1: When they're when they're in a the back, we we can see when they're in a the back four. The, the other thing I'll say is um, instead of Neco, c- consider Emerson if if West Ham are going to continue yes. playing in a back five.
2: Yeah, definitely. We're moving on to Wildcats. which you need to be careful. We tried not to, I know, but yeah. it's almost like inevitable. Hard. We talk about it. Um, Liverpool against Wolves. Liverpool Wolves.
1: Quite this um, this NetXG uh, result here The, the score one point three three surprised me for Liverpool. It's quite low and. Um, especially considering the, the shots model goal predictor there, which has them at a 19.5% chance of three goals. Um, so it just it just goes to show how the, the shot model goal predictor is based on uh, the number of shots and the quality of the opportunities when they're taking those shots. And those are all good for Liverpool. So Liverpool are getting the shots. They're getting the chances. They're getting the XG and it's and it's it's only working sporadically so far i mean, i think to say it's not working is a little bit harsh but it's only working sporadically uh wolves um by contrast i mean wolves are getting some chances but they're, they're converting almost none of those chances and that's kind of what's depressing their numbers here with a 38 percent chance of one goal um i mean your fdr is unequivocal uh mariner you got minus 2.2 for attack for wolves and 1.9 positive for Liverpool, positive 2.2 for Liverpool in defense and minus 1.9 defense obviously for um, for Wolves, um, and then the, and then the kicker. Here's the kicker for all of those on wild cards, selling Salah for players like Pascal Gross, um, 5.3 zonal matchup for Liverpool on the right hand
2: side. Yeah, but that's normal. It was like that last week. That's mm-hmm. the way I would say. Um, I mean, I I I did say, I tweeted out, I said, uh, I expect Everton to do a shithouse job, and they did, as usual. Yeah. I I um but yeah, headed matchups. Oh, here he is. Now we can talk about him, shall we? Mm. Um Liverpool's headed matchup against Wolves is very, very good indeed. It's actually ranked first out of all headed matchups this week. Um so right, so then we dig into it again and we find that Van Dijk is the best option when it comes to headers, followed by Nunes, uh, uh, Yotta for minutes, but he's obviously he's only been on a very short, short period of time. And then you look at who's delivering, Trent significantly over Robbo with respect to crosses. And Simicas, loads of crosses, but he's hardly on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, for me... Uh, I heard a few. There's been a few people saying, "Oh, you know, what do we do with Liverpool defence? I, I have to say, I'm really down on Liverpool defence right now. The only thing which gives me any glimmer of hope regarding Trent is actually these headed matchups because going forwards, when we look at them long range, they're actually very good as well. So, but um, I'm really not convinced. I mean, we've put Nunes on the screen, Gabe. You don't think he can even head a ball, let alone should. Never mind the fact he should be on a slide.
1: He can head a ball off target that'll yeah. luckily hit somebody's hand. He'll get a penalty. This isn't even in a Premier League game. And then you have FPL managers crying assist. <laughs> it's not yeah. an assist, yeah. it's barely anything. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, this just to, okay, let's touch on Nunez for, for just a moment here. Um, for, you know, there, there was a big hype around Nunez because he was getting a lot of chances, right? And, and, and it's true. He was, he was getting in the right positions. And this is something he's good at. He's good at his, uh, spatial awareness is something, um, that, you know, he knows how to do, but that there's more to playing a nine than spatial awareness. Um, so one thing, and, and I, I tweeted this, like, if you look at Mitrovic for example, he, he has, he has strength. He, he has a spatial awareness, obviously he has strength, right? He has tactical awareness. He connects his positioning to the lines positioning. He's basically, and I, I tweeted that Mitrovic is like Holland. Um, he's like like Erling Holland without the speed, right? Nunez is like Mitrovic without the accuracy. So he gets in in the right places most of the time, and and that's pretty much it. And and I don't think this is like the be all end all for him. I'm sure he'll learn. He's young. He he has a lot to learn, but to spend $9 million on an asset that that has one ability to be in the right spot, it just seems like when there are so many other players that you can get at the, at the forward line, it's, it, it just feels like forcing a perspective. It's like, I want to have this perspective, so I'm going to jam it into my team.
2: Hmm. I, I, I mean, it is going to come back and bite you on the ass, this for yeah, sure. But I mean, I mean look, 100%. I'm, I'm I just care. going to say that my biggest downer on... Uh, Nunez right now is the fact Yota's coming back and the fact that Firmino is in fine form so um, I wouldn't be more thinking about the other players rather than him um, to me he looks like he can come on and change a game the trouble is he's coming on to change a game <laughs> he's not right. starting potentially so that's that's my main worry about Nunez but yeah I'm just go back to say the headed matchups crosses wise just to confirm Trent so far 57 crosses Robo 32. So that puts mm-hmm. that in context, nearly two to one. So if you think Liverpool are going to score a header, which I wouldn't be at all surprised in the next few weeks, probably going to, you know, 50% chance, well, bigger chance coming from Trent than Robo, I would say. But let's see. Um, Neymar, anything you want to add, or should we move off Liverpool and keep going? Whoops.
0: Yeah, I think we can generally keep going, but... Um... Just for what it's worth, I do see merit in those who are wildcarding in game week nine. If you're going to definitely lock yourself in, there's nothing wrong with considering a switch off, maybe Salah away to Chelsea in game week eight, if Chelsea look a bit better, because then you could always choose to reverse that and wildcard him back in. And Their mm-hmm. fixtures for what it's worth is obviously Chelsea away, Brighton home, Arsenal away, Man City home. I think that's kind of the spell that people are looking to move off them. In my experience, I'm per- I'm personally not looking to move off Trent. I probably won't move off Salah unless it's to just do it for that one week and work on him back. Diaz is the one that's disposable for me for a similar reason to what you said about Darwin, with Yota coming back and Firmino being there as well. And Champions League, um, like Diaz has uh, flattered to deceive, hit the post quite a few times, but um, he, he's great. I think a lot of people would be willing to go Salah to Diaz and not have Salah at all. That's fine, but I want at least one Liverpool attacker and. I do want Trent. So for me, like, I don't think I'll be doing a mass exodus as it stands. So um, let, let's see what it looks like when we get closer to my wild card. And I want to take a punt in game week.
2: <laughs> I, I don't mind telling you that I actually have a wild card draft. Doesn't I mean, have any Liverpool players in. None. Not one. If yeah, no, Arsenal I saw your players. draft. In fact, yeah. I haven't got any Arsenal players in either. None. Because I actually think the fixed difficulties are actually getting uh, are actually quite. I'm going to pull this up now because I think we need to put the fixed difficulties up right now because we're talking about this sort of stuff. Um, so hang on a second. It's 15. Right. One second. I'll just get to the. That's attack look. So Arsenal's attack uh, going forwards is pretty low. Liverpool's attack's okay, but much, much lower than Manchester City. So for me, uh, Manchester City or Liverpool by a distance. And then if we look at defence, Arsenal's defence between 8 and 11 is, again, pretty neutral. Uh, Liverpool's defence, minus 3.3 now. So they have really turned. So that tells me that I don't expect any. I'd be surprised if there's any clean sheets coming up. Maybe, I'm not sure, I'll have to look at the fixtures. But let's put it this way. I, I just don't see it.
1: I, I think there's some context lacking, though, in, in those numbers, Mariner, and, and that's that uh, Thiago, Thiago Alcantara is going to be getting healthy, and so is Joel Matip. and, I, and that, So that's going to change the midfield and their back
2: line. When are they back? Tiago's is back, back, and Matip when came off Matip the bench.
0: Back. Yeah, Thiago is also back. He's in training. Um, he should yeah. be starting relatively soon. Um, right. I think that's so the that big thing for change me. change
2: it a bit. But even then, yeah, I mean, that's a context. It's a good context. So, yeah, well worth mentioning. That. I
0: just think people are going to wildcard out all three of their Liverpool players in game week nine. And come the end of game week 12, the replacements won't have necessarily outscored them um, just because it's bad fixtures. So it's like, for me, they're the second best team in the country still. And if there's two teams that I don't even think fixtures matter for really is Liverpool and City. I'd say it matters from a hall perspective. So, yes, you're probably less likely to get halls out of those Liverpool assets in that stretch. But I back Liverpool to score a goal against any one of the teams they're playing. So, like, I, I wouldn't consider it like you have to sell to Safire. Um, I think, in fact, people are just bored of having similar teams and they may get burnt by <laughs> trying to jump off those players. So, there is that, that's my kind of, that. of two cents.
2: There is an element of that. But I, I think, you know, I, I still think that we can genuinely oppose some of these assets right now. With, For the with first time assets.
0: in a long time, yeah, there's definitely yeah. an opportunity to go against them and make big gains potentially. So I'm not against it. Um I, I think each manager has to make that decision. From what I've seen, by the way, a lot of people who have like five or six Liverpool and Chelsea players, they're the ones looking to actually wildcard in game week eight before the international break. So there's kind of that side of things as well, where some people are going to take their punt this week because they're wildcarding next week in eight. And others like me are rolling this week to punt in eight to then wild card in nine. So I feel like the wild cards are coming, and then the final strategy we've seen before we move off this is obviously there's some people looking to wild card in twelve or thirteen. So actually just sell and take hits to get rid of these Liverpool players and Arsenal players now, but wild card them all back in when the fixtures turn back. So it'll be interesting to see in the chat what what route you guys go down if you still have your wild card, whether it's eight, nine, or you actually can do it afterwards in like twelve or thirteen. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough.
2: Okay. Southampton-Brentford.
1: Southampton-Brentford, you know, netxg actually likes both of these attacks with 1.84 for Brentford and 1.51 for Southampton. What it likes about Southampton, Southampton, they don't create many chances. And that's probably what's reflected in the FDR there with a measly attack of just 0.2. But what Southampton do is they convert the chances. So um, well, I think NetXG picks up like the, the ratio of big chances scored to big chances total, and it, it gives a little bump for if, if that ratio is, is high. Um, from a, a, a goals perspective, um, the probability here, I mean, the, the two highest are obviously 1-1. It usually is a, a, around there. But what I, what I see is how it separates, how it separates for Brentford as they get higher. There's high higher likelihood of two goals, three goals, and four or more goals, much higher than, than Southampton. So Southampton will try to keep this one tight, while Brentford will, will, will try to open them up. Um, now, Brentford's another team that they they switch between a front three and a front two, and I, and I think they'll be in a front three again. Um, whether Wissa, Wissa's been like, Johan Wissa's been like the super sub. He keeps coming in and he, and, and he scores. Um, but I, So I don't know if he'll be used as a sub or if um, – um, or, or if he'll start, um, what's the name? Uh, Lewis Potter. I think he's, he's the other one that he's the kid they brought in if, or if he will start, but I do like Mbomo in this one, uh, kind of coming off of, of that right side, uh, kind of the, the weak side from Brentford with the, it's got, a, it's got slightly the best zonal matchup, not great, but slightly better. Um, and, but I think this is going to be an interesting one because of the midfield battle, uh, that just, just the, the way the, these two midfield, um, the two midfields work. Southampton will try to look to to kind of like uh to break from midfield after recovering possession. I think.
2: Yeah, and zonals. Southampton through the middle. Gabe, look uh, four, mm-hmm. um, quite favourable. When you when you look at headed matchups, Southampton's headed matchups are also very good at three point three. Virtually, mm-hmm. I think second there. So then we start looking at that, and we see that it's players like Sally Sue, Bella, Kotchap. Um, and then we think about people who are crossing the ball, and it's very obvious who that is. Nearly three times as many crosses as the next person. It's Ward Prowse,
1: mm. and they have a great run of fixtures, uh, I, I believe. So he's he's an interesting glue guy, Ward Prowse. If you are the that kind of manager, um, I, I think he, yeah, he could get you something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Brentford's fi- uh, headed matchup wasn't too bad either at 2.7. So, yeah. yeah, even there, you're talking about me and Tony. And you mentioned Mbuemo. Yes, another one who may well be creating the crosses. So, mm. if if they get a chance. So, yeah, um, maybe a headed goal in that one. Well, it's a possibility. Sure. There we go. Let's see if we can pre- predict one. It always used to be a bit fun trying to predict a header, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, all right. Who's next? City. I
0: think ju- ju- just one thing I want to say though yeah. is um, on Sorry. Tony's hat trick is um, it was a very low XG hat trick. Um, like I-, I wouldn't be expecting that kind of haul from him again uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I feel like he was the player to get in these weeks before Mitrovic and some people already went to Mitrovic. So if you've already kind of gone that way, you've gone to Isaac, I wouldn't be then looking to get Tony because of the points that have now gone like, those points are not sustainable. He's not going to get a hat-trick like Haaland does every you say low
2: XG, You say it's a low XG hat-trick, though, but you've also got to uh, applaud his third goal, right?
0: No, no, of course. I think he, in his own you know, interview I mean... afterwards, was, was like, yeah, like flipping hell. Like, yeah, it was a bit crazy. Like The way he described it was like, even he was like, yeah, it's crazy. And then he just kind of brushed it off. Yeah, he knows it was a bit of a wild one, but... Overall, I wouldn't be expecting that kind of... That's not a sustainable return to me. Um, If that was Haaland scoring like that, then I'd be like, yeah, he's going to get hat-trick every week. He got a brace tonight, sub 70 minutes again. I'm sure when the captaincy comes
2: up, that will be one for discussion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Tony's in great form, that's all I'm going to say. He's firmly in my mind. Um, Manchester City against Tottenham.
1: Yeah, one of the marquee matchups of the, of this weekend, two point two two Net XG for Manchester City, one point seven six for Spurs. So um high likelihood of goals in this one according to to the net XG metrics, including the shot model predictor there, um, with a pretty high likelihood of two two there. Even, even even the three goal um percentages there are are good with Manchester City 21.7% chance of three goals if you combine them like three or more goals you're, you're looking at Manchester City at like 39% 38 39 38% chance of three or more goals against Spurs um from a tactical perspective i would say like the the, the way I, I think Manchester City are cuz cuz Spurs coach is going to set his team up to, like to he's going they're going to sit deep and and Tottenham has has a history of kind of being successful against City with this system, sitting deep and then just counterattacking um, aggressively into the into the pockets that the wingbacks leave. Um, so you know I I think that they're gonna try they're gonna try that again but they don't have really the defenders to sit deep. So I wonder who's going to link the play. If Kane's going to have to drop in to link the play, and it'll be more about the wingers for, for Tottenham in this one. I think I would, despite the, um, the Spurs-Zonal uh, matchups here, I think I'd prefer uh, Son to Kane.
2: It's interesting. Yeah, so the Zonals obviously uh, really like Manchester City down the middle. Well, surprise, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> get used to that one. <laughs> and also they're right. Uh, four point so 4.6 uh through the middle 4.2 on the right 3.9 on the left all still pretty good that we put the headed matchups into it uh and we see uh City's 2.7 so not too bad Spurs only 1.8 so given the fact that Kane is uh you know eight headers so far this season second person uh Paris uh, sorry Royale with two for Spurs yeah, you know, that's maybe right. You're maybe onto something there, Gabe. Um obviously when it comes to uh City, well, Haaland, eight headers. <laughs> KDB, forty six crosses, Foden next, twenty-five. There we go. There's the two. So I think if, if you, you look at KDB
0: him, as well and Haaland, they're starting to get like a telepathic connection, honestly. Like some of those chances that didn't get buried on the weekend, um, KDB just finds Haaland every time um, mm. and it was similar tonight again where every time KDB had the ball even for the goal he just he doesn't have to look up he just like whips it in exactly where Haaland's gonna run whether it's near post back post like I think what's impressive about Haaland I just want to say is that his kind of goals to touch ratio is just dis- disgusting I've never seen anything like it um <laughs> like o- honestly like I think t- even tonight like he had his first goal after something like 10 to 12 touches um, in 30 minutes and um, he's very efficient and economic with his touches of the ball he doesn't need to kind of like I think most of his goals have come from inside the six yard box but it's not a poacher type goal like he he is getting into these positions from pure athleticism I'm just mm-hmm. seeing him turning people and just just jolting past them and at that size I, I had no idea anyone that tall could run like that so Honestly, I think the data and the metrics from all the different models out in FPL—they're just two, three weeks from basically putting him at perma cap status, like we've seen Salah in prior years. Like he's getting there. Like if you know he's starting a game, I honestly can't see how you wouldn't captain him. Like, and what did Pep say? He's 22. He's fine. He'll recover for the next game. Mm -hmm. I think we all got a bit carried away with the rotation risks of him. I think he plays 90 if they're not winning, and he subs at 60 to 70 if he's already
2: got a brace. Yeah. That's basically well, that's how right. it goes. It's but, looking like but he probably has. <laughs> he probably yeah. has got a brace at 60 minutes. That's the mm. other point, isn't it? So, so yeah, I think I, I tend to agree with you, Namer. And I think, you know. I'm just honestly uh, never I, seen anything like it. And I think that's I, what adds
0: merit to the people wanting to potentially sell Salah is this idea that right. if you're not going right. to captain him because you do now have this new perma cap material, what else can you do? And is it worth that risk while Liverpool have such bad fixtures in comparison?
2: I agree. Uh, and what I would add is that I don't think I mean Sun has been for me, and there's a lot of people very low on Sun at the moment, but he's I you know he, he was inches away from scoring. He needs one goal and off he goes, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think
0: his XG's catching up to him.
2: So yeah. So the XG I, I gods were not
0: happy, um, Mariner. You should this as a data man. You can't get eighteen to twenty goals from twelve XG every season. Like No, of this course season. you can't. He, <laughs> but this balance. season, no, this season I think he's got the highest XG of a player who's yet to score.
2: So, like, it is coming. And, and yeah. the floodgates yeah. will open. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, probably in <laughs> game week eight <laughs> is my thought. Uh, but anyway, there we go. Uh, and I would also say that I think the double up between KDB and Holland looks particularly tasty for game week eight through to 12, or nine through to 12 and actually beyond. So, um, yeah, um, I, I may well be going without so I'm Almost, In fact, I'm pretty certain I'm going to go without Salah. That's where I am now. I think I can use that one million. That's what. That's where I am. All right. Um, all right. Arsenal, Everton. Next one.
1: Arsenal host, hosting Everton with NetXG almost doubles that of Everton. One point five to zero point eight. Twenty-eight point seven percent chance of two goals for for Arsenal. I think it just like strongly favors Arsenal. And the uh, the the uh, the metric uh, the FDR agrees. You know, I I thought I thought Arsenal played well against United um, and probably deserved more than than they got. But I did I did think that Arteta made some mistakes in terms of his substitutions. Um, you know, I I I just think that at home at the Emirates Arsenal will they they are not going to have much of a hard time here. Like. Um, from an Everton perspective, Onana's inclusion in the midfield of a 4-3-3 allows McNeil to push into kind of like a false nine area where he's been somewhat effective, limited, um, but somewhat effective in linking the counterattack. So this you can see this in... Um, this is represented by the slightly more favorable central matchup for Everton. You see the 3.3 compared to the other ones. And I think that could be a, may perhaps an area of vulnerability for Arsenal if Everton kind of get beyond the um get, get if arsenal start pushing forward too much get too many numbers up there and then everson hit him on a counter attack through the middle um could be dangerous it could score a goal but i i see arsenal with the 3 points here emmanuel yeah, dennis
2: is going to get his return and his revenge <laughs> on the FPL community yeah. Let me just cover the other matchups and then Neymar. I'll let you loose. I'm sure you're champing at the bit to go on the Ars- with with Arsenal. So uh, Arsenal's fixed difficulty very good, three point two defensively, one point nine. So good all round. Hardly surprising. Arsenal are excellent at home and a terrible away. So that that sums that one up quite nicely. Left, center, and right four point zero or four four and four point two for the zonals. That's chances per ninety, as we keep saying again positive nice and green there look at headed matchups arsenal's headed matchup 3.2 uh third there uh so very positive as well uh who gets the headers jesus six gabriel three martinelli two who crosses saka 23 martinelli 33 there we go so i think for me you know Jesus at this moment. I know some people selling him. Don't. Not this week. No objection to perhaps selling him going forwards, but don't sell him this week at all. Who do I think might get a headed goer? Double return. Don't sell Gabriel this week. That's where I, I think am the odds
0: that. look good. Yeah. But um I, I, I do think that Everton don't concede as many goals um this season, despite their issues on the road. Um we we didn't have any problems in game week 38 last year, but I think it was a different kind of context there. They'd survived relegation. It, it wasn't really a game they had to turn up for. I, I do think, you know, Lampard's a little bit fighting for his life um, with Gerrard's draw against City. So far he's scraping by. So at the moment, all eyes on Lampard and uh, Brendan Rogers. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't want to be next. So I, I don't like teams that are kind of in a corner, like a, wild animal that feels in threat it's, it, you never know what could happen to you in those matches but i'd like to think that if we play the way we played against united um, in every game this season more often than not we will win because i think the scoreline flattered them they deserve to win they did a great job but um we spent 65 minutes of the game in their half you know camped in their box and um, you could argue that was their game plan so they could hit us and transition but i don't think it was their game plan to give us 42 touches in their box at their stadium so I think what was wrong was our execution. We weren't clinical on the day. We had 16 shots, one goal. It's not good enough. Um, and, you know, had the goal not been all that from VAR, I think the entire game state would have changed and they would have been bombarded going forwards from there. So honestly, Martinelli, his goal got ruled out, but it was an incredible take. So just the one thing I do want to say about Arsenal is I myself will probably look to sell Gabriel in the near future and even Jesus, but Martinelli, I just can't see myself selling the guy like, he 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 is honestly a demon Um he's unlocked a new level this season and I, I think he, he's only going to get better and he's always been one of my favorite players and I got him at six million like Jesus is going to drop in price right but you could probably get him back cheaper Martinelli I think people are going to sell him thinking he's going to drop in price and he's just going to keep scoring in these games and um, three of those four tough games we have between gaming nine and twelve they're all at home I have zero doubt that we can score in those games and <laughs> If we lose, if we draw, whatever. But overall, if we play the way we are now and play our game, we are only second to City for like most attacking stats and defensive stats so far this mm-hmm. season. And I think one loss shouldn't jade people's uh, view. And it's easy to get into the narrative of, oh, Arsenal lost to United, same old Arsenal, you know, you find me a team that will go to Old Trafford and play like we did and won't just camp up in the box. And um, I think United have done great. They've had four wins in a row. We'll come to them in a matchup, I'm sure. But overall i think united need to prove it against the deep blocks so let's see how to do against palace away next week because i honestly think um arsenal played a way that suits them so let's see but i have very high hopes for martinelli so if you sell him and he hauls and he goes up to seven million by the time you buy him back remember when i told you this on a uh, 7th of september that martinelli we got is it a hold.
2: we got it i'll tell you what i'm just going to throw in for extra context you know you're saying about uh everton you know not maybe not necessarily been as bad away arsenal are better at home than the fixture difficulty even suggests if you look at the most recent so you actually look at if you'd looked at the fixture difficulty now on the basis of this season's data home and away and admittedly it's a very very small um data set arsenal 0.7 so between naught and seven so very very good everton 4.7 so it's a plus four not a plus 3.2. So it's even more. So I think we're in four-goal territory here, boys. Hmm. I think Arsenal will want
0: revenge from what happened. Um, my only thinking is it's is worth keeping an eye out on Thursday night Europa, how strong the squad goes. I have a theory that they're going to field a very strong side for the first two or three games and try to wrap up the group stage so that when we're in the later stages of the groups in Europa and we have those ties against City, Liverpool, Spurs, Leeds... Um, We don't want to be having to try and chase the group then. So I think the idea is play the strongest teams now with one or two subs, sub them off if we're winning. But I don't think it's going to be like a separate Europa team as many were expecting initially. So don't be shocked if you see some of the first team players play and then maybe have managed minutes in the Premier League. So keep an eye on that. I would say I think Jesus is a genuine captaincy contender for the week, I would say. Um, For people who don't want to go for Haaland because they think he's played a lot of minutes and you know, like maybe you don't realise he's very young. But um, if you're that way inclined and you're thinking (laughs) of Salah against Wolves, who barely conceded this season, I I would potentially consider Jesus in that conversation as well. I think this is one of the last weeks where before you sell him, he could get that big haul.
2: agree. I I totally agree. Let's look at the matchup. We'll look at the captaincy a bit later. But you mentioned the three main protagonists there. So uh, I think uh, we'll just see which order it puts them in. Um, West Ham against Newcastle.
1: West Ham against Newcastle netxT very much favors Newcastle in this one. It only gives a West Ham a 0.45. Um, and while it gives Newcastle 1.14, um, but then when it, from the shots, from a shots perspective, it, it does see it as a as somewhat of an, of a neutral matchup there. Um, we see it, it's quite equal kind of across the board all the way from zero to four plus goals. Um, so it's a, not much of a differentiator there in terms of shots. Um, the FDR is the opposite. It likes West Ham more. Maybe because that's probably because of the, the home away split. Newcastle away, they're, they're not nearly as good as they are at home. They're minus 1.4 for attack, minus and 0.8 for defense. Um, West Ham, the opposite, positive 0. 0.8 for defense and, one, and positive 1.4 uh, for attack, sorry, and positive 1.4 for uh, defense. Um, both of them, as far as the zonal is concerned, both likes, uh, both the left side for both teams, 4.4 for Newcastle, 3.6 for, for West Ham from a tactical perspective. I think, you know, West Ham is, they're still working on that three, five, two. They introduced it with, with Emerson there. And I think Emerson gets quite attacking. So hopefully they continue with that to kind of unleash, uh, yet another 4.0 defender. Um, the other thing that that does is it, it puts Bowen kind of right up next to Antonio Still have to see when you know how um Shamaka is going to fit in there, but then the, lastly, the next introduction was Paqueta. Paqueta's playing at that number 10 role, and if he can hold up the play a little bit and really kind of like switch the point of attack, that could that could buy them time for the wingbacks to get more involved. So, Emerson and and uh, Sofal, if you go to FELReview.com, you'll notice that Sofal is one of the highest projected uh defenders for the next five game weeks. Interesting.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. What's your view on Bowen, guys? Because he's dropping down. I think he's I think he's eight point two now. Started out at eight point five. West Ham's fixtures get a little bit. They start. They were pretty tough to start with. Getting a bit better. He's another player who doesn't become a bad player overnight. Gabe, you're talking about potentially it might shove him further forwards. But is he a genuine option for wild carders? My gut feeling is he is, even though he's not necessarily showing much now.
1: I mean, it's it's hard to say Bowen is a is a genuine option right now. I mean, I, I I think he could become one. West Ham's fixtures turn drastically; they they get they get really nice for a really long time as well, and and he is he is dropping in price. So I, I I'd say keep an eye on him. That's another reason why, like I. I prefer to wait on that wild card because there are some players in flux where the fixtures are turning and stuff that things could change. And I think Bowen is one of those players. I think at the moment, I'd rather have someone like Zaha though.
0: I think for me as well, um, I know he's much cheaper. So there is some appeal there considering that we might be getting a bargain. But in my opinion, he should have just cost 8 million like the other 8 million mids. Yeah. So if anything, I still think he's like in my eyes, he's risen 0.2, not dropped 0.3 in terms of the value I get. Um, I'm really excited by Paquetta, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think we've had the opportunity in that game against Chelsea to really see like what his attacking side of the game's like. And as a player that Arsenal were linked with earlier in the window, I looked into him quite a bit. What you know, did the usual scouting on YouTube, and um, he is a very exciting attacking player. And I think he can bring the best out of that West Ham attack. So when those fixtures turn, I would be very interested in Paquetta. He only costs six million. So yeah, I, I have. And, and I don't think he's just going to be getting assists. I think he's very much a goal scorer too. So mm-hmm. I honestly have a lot of faith that if he's playing as like a number 10, at 6 million, that that could be a very tasty... Like if I can go from Gross to Paqueta when the fixtures turn, like that that just seems so much
2: more exciting to me than mm-hmm. Bowen personally. No, I, I, Great shout. And uh, I do know a couple of West Ham fans. I actually work with a couple and uh, who, one of them's a season ticket holder. And he said to me the other day, uh, keep an eye on Paqueta, Chris. You might want him for your FPL team.
1: So he's there we go. Really so, exciting,
2: yeah. So, I think he's a very yeah. exciting player. Paqueta is worthwhile considering, and like you say, massively cheaper. That might give you the opportunity to get that third premium in if you wanted to go three premiums. Yeah, I can sense something coming up here, Nima. Emerson, uh, Paqueta, Yeah, I'm about. I'm about to get attacked by the cat, so I may have to mute and throw the cat out of the room. Um, I see he's been lurking <laughs> on the go. side. Yeah, yeah, his is is about to attack me, so. Uh, he's not happy with on. the metric captaincy pick you're gonna be a pair of slippers soon right, next. <laughs> uh crystal palace against manchester united i'm just gonna mute myself for a split second
1: <laughs> okay well Mariner, uh strangles the cat in the background um uh, netxg like it says crystal palace 1.12 manchester united 1.41 um it, you know, I, I think Net, NetXG slightly favors United here because of their recent form. Um, but overall, I think I see them as somewhat equal. Now, it, it must, you know, they've both had some difficult fixtures. So, so I think there's something to be said for that. Um, okay. Mariners Metrics thinks slightly the opposite. It slightly favors Palace over United with a 0.5 positive for attack and defense and a negative 0.5 for attack and defense for United. Um, the zonal matchups kind of like United's right-hand side and it's kind of even across the board for palace. Um, so the right-hand side, I don't know for those United fans, I bet that they might want to be bringing, um, Anthony and watch Anthony's price, just this skyrocket because the United fans, um, tactically speaking, I think there to be seen what United looked like when they're not able to sit back and hit on the break, you know, so that they've done better in, in games where they would, Ten Hag just kind of simplified the game plan, but now you know Palace are probably going to do that to United, so they're going to have to come up with some some a little bit more creativity than they have than they've been asked to in the past. Um, I don't know. One one thing that I will see, I think, um, because if if Palace kind of sit back, it could be Bruno Fernandes that uh, that's the key to kind of unlocking this one for for United. And, and he's been able to do that more because Ericsson has been dropping the length of play. So he's playing more as a true eight. He'll come get the ball, and, and Bruno can kind of push forward and, into those spaces behind that front line. And, and, I, and I think I, I could see Bruno getting something here.
2: Hmm. Is Bruno going to come into our thoughts? 9.8 million. Anybody Is on
0: Salah game week 9, wild card? Is that what yeah. you're looking at? Game week eight, Salah to Bruno, wild card, Salah back <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's, that is an option. You've also got Sun as well in game week eight, I think. You could do it. Yeah, you there's go a few tasty well. routes. I think Anthony, yeah. you make a good point there. So if
0: you look at like the leagues, you know, you could pick a Premier League team when you first join FPL and it enters you into like a mini league of all the fans from that team. Um, United have a huge contingent in FPL and mm-hmm. a lot of them are the casual players. So they will have gone and bought Anthony like literally as he scored the goal before the game even ended to wait to see if he gets injured. So... You know, even official FPL have bloody tweeted his next four fixtures and on their account made it look like it's going to be really easy for Anthony. So thank God he's price-locked for now. But I I do think in game week eight, when they play against Leeds, at home Old Trafford, we saw what Brentford did to Leeds. And honestly, that could be like a tennis score. So I'd be very excited by that prospect. And, you know, like Luis Diaz could become Anthony for me. Uh, in game week eight, as that kind of pre wild card punt. So I, I really like that Anthony shout. Um, the one thing I want to say about um, Rashford is I, I kind of wonder what happens to that position because if and when Marshall is fit to start a striker, let's say he's rotating with Ronaldo, does that mean that whoever's the most informed of Sancho or Rashford will play on the left because Anthony has that right spot locked down? So I think, you know, 800,000 people nearly have already bought Rashford in. And from what I saw, he was hobbling off the pitch at the end of the last game. And he's not been seen in any of Man United's training photos since. So, you know, everyone else who was involved against Arsenal was in those training photos apart from De Gea and him. And uh, I think Martinez was missing. So some of the defences are getting a rest. I think Malasio, Martinez, Varan, they're all getting rested in the Europa on Thursday. So, yeah, I, I would keep an eye on that. Like if you're on wild card, yeah, sure, you can have Rashford and maybe change him, but... If you've already like, if you're thinking of bringing Rashford in just because of price changes, like, I wouldn't be panicking. Like, I'd wait to see if the guys actually fit. I think that's just you know, like in a Euro first week of European ties, and people have gone bonkers. And 800k of them already signed Rashford because of the 18 pointers. So, yeah, like I, I would just keep in mind, like we have midweek games every week now for the World Cup. Um, I-, I value information more than price. Yeah, yeah we don't. We don't even know if he's nailed. Yeah, so not only is he not potentially nailed, but he might not even be fit to play on the weekend and 800,000 people have signed him. So I just find that ludicrous and it's a sign of what the market is like right now.
2: Well, if you have time, you could do a transfer trends thing and, and rant. <laughs> <laughs> this was the rant
0: about the Rashford 800k <laughs> tapers, but I'll find some more. There's about 300k trent sellers as well. and Again, 400K oh, yes, they sellers. don't learn, do they? Uh, there's Nothing also a 400k McAllister buyers I, I, I don't know if people realise you, you don't get last week's points when you buy these players I, I, I that's annoyed me because I was actually looking at him I wish well, I'd that, got him instead of Gross but yeah. at this point I think Gross and Trossard are long term more viable picks
2: I went for that donkey Harris and not who
0: <laughs> got subbed at half time Yeah, that, that did not end so well for you did it <laughs>
2: Oh, enough said. No. Uh, Did we do the zonal matchups for this? Um, Manchester United's right hand side, very good. Four point six. Um, Crystal Palace slightly favoured on the right as well. Nothing much to write home about about the headed matchups. So, uh, last one: Leeds against Forest. May as well have my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Forest looked awful. They're now away against Leeds. Mm-hmm. I'm seriously considering doubling up on them. On leads, actually, uh, my punt might well be Sinistera. Is this what we call sunk mm. cost fallacy? You've gone
0: balls <laughs> deep with
2: Harrison. And I'm now just going to go, go for go it even Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just go straight for it. Go for the jugular. Harrison and Sinistera against Forest at Elland Road. Boom. I do like mm. the Sinistera shot. He he could be
0: their new Rafinha, but um. It's just I just feel expensive. like it's yeah, six point five, which is why I'm assuming you went for Harrison in the first place.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm saying is I'll probably wildcard them both out, so it's fine.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean, look, it could be it's just an option. I'm I am I've got two free transfers this week. I'm looking at a punt. I think there's far worse than going for it's a very positive matchup of three point five. So and that's admitted this this season's data for both teams because uh well not for leeds but uh for forest certain this year's data and i think that's maybe what's made leeds uh made the matchup slightly better um but yeah um what's not to like gabe tell us about this game
1: yeah i mean it, it, everything's to you know there there are plenty of reasons to like leeds um outside of jack harrison obviously um so, Forrest, What Forrest will do is that they'll kind of uh, they'll defend aggressively in the box. They'll, they'll pack in with with a back five and for, force people to take shots from from outside the box. So Leeds are going to kind of have to draw them out and counteract that. Um, and and I think you know when you have a team that's so compact that way, you have to draw them out kind of to the to the flanks and then switch the point of attack quite quickly there. So Leeds will be lo- looking to do that. Um, Gibbs White will, you know, White has kind of emerged as the playmaker for Forrest and I and I think he'll continue to do that pushing forward in, in kind of the dangerous areas there and, and linking the counterattack. Um but it, very much all all four leads here. I, I think even Jack Harrison might be a a viable shout, uh, this game week, Mariner. Wow. Seriously? Even, even. I would, I would never get him, but you already have him, so well, I've already got him. him. So I, can't I wouldn't sell, him, sell him, him this week. That's for sure. I can't sure, sell him. Really. Before I wouldn't him. Out
2: the, no, he is. He is,
1: <laughs> he he is dead man walking. Though, just vow to never buy him again. And, we'll, and we'll Forest
0: are definitely shocking defensively this season. Just the amount they concede is, I, I don't know how you can go two 0 up and then end the game like that. It's just against it's, Bournemouth. It's just embarrassing. Like, honestly, like no offense to Forrest, but um. We people were talking about buying, um, you know, their assets and getting their attackers for this fixture run. And I think I got lucky just playing Necco Williams. And after that experience, I'm never bloody playing him again. Um, he is definitely <laughs> staying on the bench as a one point, two point sub. Nick Khan yeah. asked about Aronson. I think that's worth saying as well. I think if I was to pick now, I would probably be going Aronson or Sinistera. Ha- Harrison definitely does not appeal to me as much. Um, he he looked great just before you bought him but that's what you got for listening to the Leeds fan in the live chat I mean, uh, you said just... to me that andy martin was buying him and you followed andy martin and um, whenever if like like i love andy but obviously he's had a good game week when he tripped a uh, captain sorry trent then the next week's captain of trent went a bit wrong um, the way i look at it is right every year in fpl someone is like they're just hitting jackpot every week and they're hitting gold every week and you want to be on their um like on their trail you want to like ride in their kind of uh st- stream so i wouldn't be going and making transfers in based on someone who's having a very tough start to the year so i don't know what uh, you were thinking Mariner. but like back in the scout forum days, people would try to find the guy who's I top 10k no no
2: but you've honestly
0: you you said because he leads, fan, hmm. you trusted his opinion i uh, know you I weren't watching Leeds so- games
2: I picked him myself, and then I used Of course Andy you picked him, but you va-
0: you validated it through yeah. Andy's course. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: go with I'm gonna go with Nemo on this one because we told you I told you on the show, Jack Harrison is not not only a bad pick, he's a bad player. Everything that happens for him to be fair, did insult accident. him a lot. He it, said everything, everything, everything looks was like an a fucking accident, accident. <laughs> and you went for him anyway, and you're like, Oh, that's harsh, that's harsh, and you went for him anyway, and now he's it's dead hard. man
0: walking. Right, like the my, sub my from word. the early fatigue. That's okay. That's unfortunate. The sub that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's not Getting really fatigue.
1: Of- that's, not, that's not a fatigue sub. I'm sorry. That, that's a you suck and you don't fit any tactics sub. Get out of
0: our team. So on that what note, at half a million less to answer your question, Nick. He would be my guy yeah. to save a million on Sinistera. If you can get to Sinistera, great. But at that point, you start to think, why don't I just wait to see if Rashford's in training and buy him instead? Harrison
2: uh, 41 crosses this season, Aronson 20 crosses, Bamford back in the team. Boom.
0: One of Harrison or Rodrigo was gonna get dropped. You're just lucky that Rodrigo got injured.
2: I'm I don't care. (laughs) I don't care whether I'm lucky or not. I'm saying I think I'm gonna get my return this week, and I might double up on him. This
0: sounds like Emerson
2: Royal.
1: Yeah, Emerson (laughs) Royal had a ton of crosses last season, and then they were all in the stands. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> When do Leeds play Neymar? Do they play Saturday? I'm not sure um they played no, Sunday no. last week. No, no,
1: they play uh they play Monday.
2: Oh, I say oh bollocks oh. that's a shame. I was uh, hoping it's we could have, game. we could have had some discussion about this at at, at meets. Oh no, gonna no we're going to be
0: watching the more exciting game of uh, Fulham beating Chelsea and
2: Man City versus Spurs. There you go. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you look to the, the zonals, oh, sorry, sorry, the fixed difficulty I was going to say, so uh, the headed matchup fixed difficulty, 2.7 for Leeds, look, there we go so it, it's not too bad so there's, there is some hope for something there, I think, for we're just
0: laughing at you while we can because he's probably care. going to get double-digit haul this weekend and then we won't asked, be like, able to laugh.
2: You've laughed at me before and it's always come out on my side so far. Like I said, this is that the
0: Aspilaqueta incident. You're going to get one haul from him in seven blanks and you're going to wonder why he's still in your team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was Hibbo's fault. <laughs> the guy sad. who had
0: Holgate for the whole end of the
2: season two years ago.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> He did really well the other season. Oh, no, actually, but last season I had a whole at the end of the season. So there we go. So we can't complain too much about that. <laughs> right. Okay, that's the matchups done. So, um, 1 hour 18. What well, should we quickly just keep the chat going on the wild cards and just the general longer term um sort of like range longer range diff- fixed difficulties and i'll put up now the attacking long range i've just put this purely for attack now so there's no defense on the screen and you can see there
1: can i interject uh, really quickly mariner just can just to, to give us a, like a 20 second break here and also to like just immortalize the moment so this 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 moment this past game week this weekend right um nema went against the family in the sklw uh community tournament and and he wow. was made to pay. He went swimming with the fucking fishes for going against the family. <laughs> so I, I don't ever my, go against blame, the family bl- again, Nima.
0: <laughs> I blame my management. I see Mark Sutherland wasn't benched this week. Um, mm. His 50 points made it into your squad score. I saw we had
1: some differentials for you, and uh, I, you know, I saw
0: that you benched yourself. And Akib, if you're listening. You tweeted about the victory, but bro, you were on the bench next to Gabe. So, mate, our, I want to hear the shots from the starting eleven. Our MVP, Max Southern, scared benched him. <laughs> the week before, that was the week before. That was that was the, he was coming
1: off his wild card. I, I benched the fan, the founder of Fantasy Football Scout, on, on his wild card. I benched him. It was In the my right mistake, call too. Yeah.
0: So my mistake was um, I benched my second or third highest scorer for the second week in a row, and that's two Ls in a row off the back of that. But yeah. I Thank felt you. like it was an unfortunate uh, day for us. Um, we were going to come back to winning ways and climb up the league table to stop it's, you going invincible.
1: It's all karma for going against the family. You deserve give it every game, second.
2: Game. Loser!
0: <laughs> right there. <laughs> I can't even deny it. I know. <laughs> It's real. <laughs> I will say it was very close. My striker got equal points as your goalkeeper, which didn't therefore lead to a goal. And one of your strikers got one. one point more than our goalkeeper, but that's two of the three goals, right? It's like there was literally yeah. one point in it. If if someone like Neko didn't get three goals conceded, the wanker... That could have been a draw. (laughs) But I will blame Necco Williams for this fucking loss instead of taking responsibility for my benching decision.
1: If if Douglas Feliz didn't score that Olympico goal from the corner kick, then things would be different. Well, you guys had
0: like six Gabriels as your differentials, Michael.
2: Oh,
1: dear.
2: It was a good matchup. Enough of of this frivolity. I have to try and keep you boys in order. Everyone's laughing as you... (laughs) Normally people laughing at me trying to keep you guys under control. Um like your dad right Manchester City uh long range best by distance for attack 12.5 uh this is between 8 and 11 then Spurs and then Liverpool so Liverpool are now third with respect to attack that's very rare the Liverpool are down out the top two as we know and then we've got a little bit further back we've got uh fuller actually sat there now with some positive matchups starting to flow through Arsenal a bit further back still. Um further out, City stay solid, Liverpool get better, Fulham get worse and Arsenal recover as well. So I I I've got a really bit of a decision on my mind as to what I do regarding the Liverpool and Arsenal assets and I think, you know, some of the discussion we've had today has been quite interesting about holding Martinelli as a uh, a good point, Nima, particularly given the fact there's value in him as well. So we've got value in him as well. So it may want to be, that Maybe the player I'll hold. Jesus, I'm seriously thinking about selling now. And if you look at... He already dropped, by the way, to 8.1. So yeah. at this
0: stage, like he's going to keep dropping. He maybe has a hole left in him against Everton or Brentford. Yeah. But I think if you look, They're not haul
2: worthy. Yeah, and if you looked at the fixture difficulty, 3.2, minus 0.8, 1.1, 1.6, minus 0.3. There's no holes there apart from the first one by the looks of things for me um but you know liverpool's fixed difficulty is still not too bad 1.9 1.6 then 2.3 in 9 and then 0.1 1.1 so 10 and 11 is probably the time when liverpool can find it that looks like the toughest sort of slot there so yeah i mean for me uh i, I like the look of spurs but They've got good, very good fixed difficulty intermingled with some quite bad ones. I don't know if you can see that for three down the bottom 3.7, then, then some negatives, then a 2.9, then a 2.7. I'm not sold on them just yet, personally. I see That's some people I going am. for the double up with um
0: Sun and Kane as the kind of the differentials. I think everyone's just trying to get off Salah because it's trendy. And um, what I find yeah. interesting here is that in game week eight, which is his exit point. Liverpool have the third best attacking FDR of that game week, or so fourth best, maybe like they're still better than like three quarters of the teams in the Premier League's matchups that
2: week. Um, it is actually game week 10 and 11 that look far worse, as you were saying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But if you looked at that and if you're thinking about where you might go in game week eight for that punt, Spurs 3.7 look that's a very, very good matchup.
0: It is an appealing one, but I think the United game, we were saying was going to potentially be a really
2: good one as well against Leeds. It's only a yeah. 1.9, right? Yeah. Yeah. Newcastle, though, as well. Look, another one. Another big punt probably for game week eight. 2.7. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So I think Spurs, Newcastle is where I would look. Manchester United, I wouldn't discount either. So that's where I am actually looking for the game week eight punt and the game week seven punt. I am firmly on Leeds. That's I think where I am right now. Um, could be Brighton, yeah. but although saying that, I don't like the fixed difficulty. Doesn't like him, but I can see why people do. Um, so that's maybe where I would go. Uh, so, defensively, just, just really quickly, quickly
1: for for the oh, game yeah. week uh, game week eight punt, I'm seriously considering Salah to Son. Yeah. For, I, for that
2: for that game
1: week eight point.
0: Me too. Any any love for KDB if he's like rested early in the Champions League the week before or something. Yeah. He's very minutes dependent, I know. Like if he plays like 90 every game leading up to it, and you know that Son's gonna be more nailed, then like obviously seems safer to go for Sun.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. But if we like like you said, if we get like some of that favorable inklings and inclinations that he is gonna start, then then that's we're at the point now under.
0: where Holland is like He was 180% last week and it's only going to get worse. Um, So like we're at the point where it's like there will be a game week, a single game week soon where he'll be over 200% and us who captain him won't actually get points. So for me, it's like I'm not actually benefiting anything from the city attack. Like I need another city attacker at this stage, Mm -hmm. like how we used to do with Salah and Diaz. So it's kind of like, is that double up now shifted? Like, is it actually a second city attacker I need? Because I'm not gaining from Haaland. Everyone's going, everyone's captaining him. The
1: problem, I, I see... Go ahead, go ahead, Chris.
2: I was going to say, I just look at the double city attack and I see if I was wild card in game week nine, 3.1, 3.8, 1.9, 1.9, 2.7, 3.3, 4.1, 3.6. I mean, that's three or four goals in one, two, three, four, five, five games, possibly.
1: I, I think oh, oh. what I'd say, other than, than uh, Kevin De Bruyne and and Holland, the the attack is just spread. The, the What's remaining from that market share, from that pie, is spread out so... It's just distributed so much amongst all the other players that it, they almost feel like not that worth it. The, the upside, the haul potential is somewhat limited, I find.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think I I- on that note, though, tonight he would have got, if it was FPL, a 15-pointer. So it's kind of like what we were saying earlier about James and Trent and Cancelo as well. Like, all of them are capable of pulling up trees in, like, a random game. Like, like you know, before you know it, they're going to have two goals. Like, defense defense is different.
1: I think defense is different as far as the but attacking aspect. I just think for onset. those
0: moving off Cancelo, like, oh. I'd, I'd be thinking that, like, he is, like, the most guaranteed player in that back line. Yeah city at yes. the moment before the changes so like i don't know if i'd want to be going anywhere i was like stones and aki you know kanji gomez um diaz even like it's like maybe it is worth paying that little bit more for Cancelo because there was a hot topic right of maybe we just go cancelo to walker and we use that two million elsewhere and i just feel like from what i've seen like i am not
2: looking to move off city i think they've been unfortunate not to keep more clean sheets Yeah, and I mean, if we just look at City's defence there on the long range, you can see there that, you know, this week's not so great, but then we've got a fixed difficulty of positive 2, positive 1.6, positive 2.2, then a couple of negatives, and then back into positive territory again. Um, Compare that with Liverpool, and you see, obviously, uh, very positive fixed difficulty this week when it comes to defensively, but then we go negative 3 out the next 4 well um, cities
0: is the best right from yes. eight to 11 and that includes the fact that 11 is a negative yeah and it still doesn't
2: drag it down that much no that's right so for me Cancelo is a is a is a stick He's probably a hold if i was to pick one out of cancelo and trent right now i'd hold i'd have Cancelo every time if i had to I pick one I'd so until, until
0: we see tiago and Matit back in liverpool improving
2: defensively yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at the rest, uh, defensively, who else stands out 8-11? to Well, as we mentioned, City at 4.7, Spurs at 4. The issue is which one, and also it's very heavily weighted by just one very, very good fixture at 2.2 2 there. Um, oh, sorry, two good, very good fixtures, 2.2, 2.5. 2. West Ham, Gabe, there's one for you. West Ham defence, there's that Emerson shout again starting to come out. If he is nailed... That could be a very nice route into what looks like a much more favourable run of fixtures for West Ham going mm-hmm. forwards. Even
1: so far on that on that right hand side, I think yeah. it could, could be a, a good pick. And like I said, FPL review really rate rate projects them quite highly for the next five game weeks.
2: Yeah, no, that's worth considering. I mean, it's, again, we have to look at the zonals going forward, and I think we've got those in a minute actually. Uh... Zonal. Yeah, just on um, that
0: note, we will continue about the wild cards obviously, in the future episodes that are coming up. Um, I think this was a good preliminary chat about them anyway. It. there's the captain metric just gone on the screen. Anyway, never mind. Uh, yeah, so I think we've had a good preliminary chat about the long-term range yeah. as well. And we'll look at the zonals quickly
2: before the captain. So, yeah, zonals up. for West Ham, 15 points. It's not great, really, going forwards. 13 points, slightly better. Well, oh, 14.3, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong line. 14.3, slightly better there. For for the left hand side than the centre and the right, so yeah, it follows it, mm-hmm. Gabe. So it mm-hmm. follows it. Mm-hmm. So so again, Emerson. But yeah, I'm not sure. Hard to say. It's uh, let's let's see how it goes.
1: Emerson, maybe Pablo Fornells if uh, if he's going to stay on the left hand side. If Paqueta stays at the ten as well, just something to look for as as West Ham's fixtures change.
2: Yeah. What I would say again, Arsenal's defense, Nima, eight to eleven point two, then recovering a little bit, twelve to fifteen, but nothing to sh- nothing to write home about. Um, Brighton as well, starting to turn negative a little bit. So people who were originally looking quite hot on Brighton defense, not quite so sure. I'm so hot on them going forwards. Uh, after I think I'd
0: be wildcarding Sanchez out. Yeah,
2: yeah. After that as well. So yeah, I think some interesting conversations. I think will I would imagine that. York i mean i'm not on next week because i'm obviously i'm in london i'm in the uk but uh i would imagine next week we'll be in pump territory and with one f- with a much stronger eye on wildcard as well some people will be on
0: it yeah yeah and i think on, be on that it. on that note so gabriel and i will be on the channel at like i think it's uk lunchtime so it'll be a slightly different time because obviously you're, you're also in the uk and you're traveling so we'll see you on saturday um i think gabriel's got to do the school run but um He's already seen the captaincy metrics, so I don't think he's going to miss anything there, but um, yeah, but yeah, I will see you next Wednesday, I think it is at around lunchtime, so that would be perfect.
1: Next Wednesday, bright and early for me, right? And I, I'm, yeah, read really, like really, 6 a.m. or something, 6 a.m. Yeah. for me, all right, it's, it's, it's my turn, I'll, I'll take one, but I do have to run. Um, I'll miss the captaincy metric, I, I gotta go pick up my kids, <laughs> so but nice to see everybody. Thank you to the haulers, great show, fellas.
2: See you later, mate. See you soon. Go get those green
1: arrows. See ya. Bye-bye.